Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Isn't God good? Come on, isn't he good? I tell you, I just, God, just do what you're going to do, man. I've just been saying, Holy Spirit, get us. Just get us. Get us right now. I tell you, it's, it's, it's a good time that we're in. Um, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, which I hope that you do, if you have your phone, that is equal to, Hey, I brought out my actual, like, Bible Bible this morning. I always use my iPad. Um, but uh, I was looking at some things that I had in this translation that I wanted to get into, and it's, it's so good. So uh, if you can, turn with me this morning to the book of Luke uh, 22, uh, verses uh, 39 through 46 is what we're going to get into today. Um, we're starting a series some of y'all are probably looking at your watches like, you're starting what? Yeah, we're starting a series today. Don't worry. My thought's going to be communicated and it's going to hit you like a katana. It's going to be there before you even know it. You're going to be like, oh, it already got me. Yep. It's going to come out so quick. I want to just turn our attention to this passage this morning. <laughs> Book of Luke chapter 22. And uh, we're getting into this series that we've titled Wake, Pray, Slay. Somebody say that with me this morning. Wake, pray, Slay. As we were preparing this year, getting into the, the, the first quarter, we're reminded that the word of the Lord was that in the first quarter it was going to be a positioning quarter. It was going to be a time that we either needed to get into position or we needed to hold on to the position that the Lord had, ha, has put us into or placed us in. And it's so imperative right now that we get into position because what the Lord's about to do into the second quarter, if we're reminded by the prophetic word, is that it is going to be a quarter that we're going to experience great change. Great change. Now, to what level that change is going to be, I believe that it will be specific and intentional to areas of your life, but it's also going to be specific and intentional to what the Lord is doing with his church. Let me tell you this. God does not want a bride that's one foot in and one foot out. He doesn't want a church that's one foot in and one foot out. I was having this conversation with somebody not too long ago, but we were talking about how the fact that in, 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 in earlier years, uh, the church was very focused on all of the don'ts, what you're not allowed to do. And culture in the church was very much based on you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. My God, when I was growing up, I, I couldn't even wear a hat into the auditorium unless I desecrated the house of the Lord and the hat was snatched off my head and I was made to feel like I wasn't holy enough for God. Some of y'all came up into that culture where, where it was all of these do's and don'ts. But then the pendulum swung the other way, and it's almost as if the last decade was trying to figure out what we can get away with in the church. And what's the line we can cross? And how much can we uh, allow ourselves to, to be entertained by the world with? Because just a little bit doesn't hurt, and a little bit's not too bad. Because everything is permissible, but the Bible says not everything is beneficial. And so we, we've gone from one extreme to the other extreme, 
And here we are in 2023 and the Lord saying, I'm trying to get my church ready for the greatest move. I'm trying to get my church ready for a greater glory. I'm trying to get my church ready for the greatest outpouring. I'm trying to get my church ready and prepared and in position because in this season we are going to witness the greatest move of God that the church has ever witnessed. I declare that over Abundant Life Church. These services are not by accident or mistake. What God's been doing in this time and in this season is not just been like, oh, I feel like this is nice this month. No, for those that are hungry, for those that want it, for those that want to get in position, you're going to witness the miracles, the signs, the wonders. You're going to see the breakthroughs and the favor. You're going to see increase and blessing in your life beyond measure in every area of your life. Because God does not want our families broken. God does not want our families not to be blessed. God does not want you to be thriving. God wants you to be thriving in your purpose. God wants you to be active in your gifts. God wants you to be walking in anointing. He wants you to go to another level in his anointing. But it's for those that are willing to be hungry for the things of God. Those that are willing to pursue the things of God. And one of the things that we learned was in order to truly go after the things of God, to pursue them, to be hungry for them, we have to be a people that's willing to fast and pray. Even Jesus talks about it in the Bible. In Mark chapter 9, the disciples, they're dealing with the situation. There's a father who has a son who's demon-possessed, and, and, the, and, the, and, and Jesus rolls on the scene, and, and the father begs Jesus and says, can you do something about this? I asked your disciples, but nothing happened when they prayed over my son, the demon didn't come out, and, and so he, he still convulses and falls to the, to the floor, and he foams at the mouth, and, 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 and I, don't, I don't know what to do. I beg you, Jesus. And so Jesus, he looks at, at the little boy, and he says, how long has this been happening? And we know the story goes, the father says it's been happening since he was born, and, and so Jesus, he looks over at the disciples, by the way, and he says, you faithless and perverse generation. He wasn't talking to the crowd, he was talking to the disciples. You say, why would he be telling his own men, you faithless and perverse people? Because the disciples, while they were supposed to be about the Father's business, operating under the anointing and allowing God to set people free, they were arguing about who was the greatest. They were talking about, okay, who's got this one this time? Peter, is it you? No, it's me. I'm a little bit more leveled up. I was closer with Jesus today, don't you know? We were sipping coffee over at Starbucks. I got a little more on me today. No, this is how these things go. And so they're sitting here arguing about who's the greatest. Meanwhile, they were not seeing any move of God. And Jesus looks at them and says, how can you miss it? How can you lose sight of this? And so Jesus, he goes, he prays for the boy. The, 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 the boy, he's set free. And he says, here's the deal. Because the disciples said, how come, how come we couldn't do anything? He says, because this comes by prayer and fasting. Greater power, greater anointing, greater move of God, it comes through prayer and fasting. When we were fasting over the 21 days, God was moving so strongly. You know why? Because we were drawing close to him. And when you draw close to God, you draw from God. And when I draw from God, I'm moving with greater power. I'm moving with greater power. God wants his church to move with greater power. This is why it's so important that we spend time in fasting and prayer. Which, by the way, this, this Tuesday that's coming up, and I know we already had announcements, but this Tuesday, we've dedicated as the first Tuesday 
of the month, which will continue every first Tuesday of the month, and we want to charge you to fast with us. We're taking all day Tuesday to fast. Why? Because we want to continue to draw closer to God to see God move in a greater way. I want to see more altars filled with people that are getting healed. I want to see more people that are far from God and count on their salvation and deliverance and freedom and healing. I want to see your sons and daughters saved. I want to see your marriages restored. I want to see you blessed in every area of your life. And yes, you too that are watching online because you can fast and pray right where you are. And so what's important to understand is there's something about when we get close to God. And prayer is the other active ingredient in order for us to pull on God. And so Jesus says prayer and fasting. And we talked about fasting in the month of January, but we wanted to take this month and talk about the power of prayer. Prayer is so important. Tell somebody next to you, prayer is important. Isn't it interesting that of all the things the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them, and you go back through the Gospels, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. They say, teach us how to cast out devils, teach us how to witness. He said, teach us how to pray. We have to be a people of prayer. And I find that when we become and prioritize our, 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 our life and who we are in Christ as people that are prayerful, then we become people that are powerful. But I find that many people, they don't have a prayer life. Because I know that prayer isn't always the most exciting thing. I might get in trouble for saying this, but I know prayer is not sexy. Hang with me now. It's, it's, it's not a cool thing. Presentation is. Loudness is, entertainment is. Prayer puts you in position that you're at the feet of Jesus receiving what Jesus wants you to receive. What he wants you to receive, not what you want to receive. Because a lot of us, we go to God with our wish lists. And we've got a long Amazon Prime list of things that we want tomorrow. No, today. Fastest delivery. Get it by this afternoon. Because that's a feature now. Lord, I want my answer this afternoon. But prayer is not about you and your wish list. Prayer is about you getting to the feet of Jesus, hearing the heart of God for your life, for our community, for our church, for our purpose, for our well-being. Prayer allows us to receive and hear from God, as well as God to hear and receive from us. Because don't get me wrong, God wants you to have the desires of your heart. But if your desire is only what you can get from him and not know who he is, then you've missed the whole purpose of prayer. And so prayer allows us to get connected to God. And so we find out in this story, I want to read it really quick. Luke 22, verse 39. The Bible says this. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. This is Jesus. This is right after he had the last supper with the disciples. He's on his way to the garden where he would be arrested and betrayed and and taken where he would be beaten and ultimately crucified. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as as he was custom. And his disciples also followed him. Verse 40, when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And when he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, a stone's throw is a short distance, he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it is Your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, 
but yours be done. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then the sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. Why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. I'm going to say that one more time. Why do you sleep? Rise and pray. And if I could just give you one title line this morning about being in position of prayer, I just simply put this, sleep or slay. Sleep or slay. You need to make a decision in life, am I going to just sleep through life or am I going to slay? In other words, am I going to be so prayed up so filled with the power and presence of God that everything I put my hand to, I'm walking with anointing, I'm walking with victory, I'm walking with authority, that I'm moving heaven and earth. But it starts when I'm willing to wake up and pray. Somebody say, wake up. Shake the person next to you, tell them, wake up this morning. Somebody I need to wake up. Like this year, many of you were setting some New Year's resolutions and uh. I'm going I'm to get up a little earlier this, this, this year. I'm going to start my day a little earlier this year. And so you, you, you go into your fancy alarm set up on your phone. And, and if you're like me, if you're getting up at, say, 5 a.m., you set a 4.58, 4.59, 5 a.m. No provision for failure. I'm getting up. For some of us, we just set the one 5 a.m. 5 a.m., it buzzes. Am I going to sleep or am I going to slay? I'm going to snooze. I'm going to snooze for, for five more and then I'll slay. But that's the problem. We have the heart and the desire to slay, but we keep hitting the snooze button. We set the alarm. We know it's time to wake up, but we keep hitting the snooze button just five more minutes, five more minutes. Five more minutes, five more minutes. Next thing you know, days go by, weeks go by, and God is saying, I want to move in your life, but you keep hitting snooze on me. You're hitting snooze on the Spirit. You can't hit snooze on the Holy Spirit and expect, how come I'm not seeing the power of the Holy Spirit? But the body of Christ has been snoozing on the Holy Spirit for so long, but yet we're sitting here wondering, where is God? And God is saying, I know where I am, where are you? Oh, you're still in a dead sleep. You need to wake up. See, the Bible talks about this in the book of Romans chapter 13. He says this, knowing the time that now, Romans 13 verse 11, it's the high time to wake out of sleep. You know what the high time is? Y'all heard the phrase high noon? The high time is noon. In other words, what Paul is saying, he's saying, knowing this, that it's noon, wake up out of your sleep. Clearly, Paul knew that in the middle of the day, there was believers that were still sleeping. If you're still sleeping at 12 in the afternoon, I question what's going on in your life. The only person that gets grace is if you're a first responder, you work in the medical field, or if you're a police officer, because y'all get some of the craziest job shifts that you've got to work. 
But, I mean, if you are still in your slippies at noon, I mean, if you are still got, like, 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 like your full sleepwear on at noon, if your mouth still smells like yesterday at noon, it's time to get up because you're missing what God is trying to do. And that's the problem is that we've still been hitting snooze, and here we are. We're in the middle of a move of God, and some of us will never experience it because we're sleeping through it. And God does not want his church to be sleeping through what he's trying to do. And I believe that there's been such an awakening in this house, an awakening in this church, and a hunger and a holy desire to see a move of God, that the people of God are coming before him with prayer, with expectation, with with pursuit and so now we're seeing a greater move take place he says it's time to wake out of the sleep salvation is near than when we first believed the day is at hand i'm here to tell you the day is at hand and so jesus is trying to tell the disciples as they're in the garden you need to pray lest you fall into temptation he said well what, what, what were they tempted with it wasn't that they were tempted with lustful things or, 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 or tempted with things that what we would think about in the terms of, of temptation. But, they were, but what Jesus was saying is that you'll be tempted to f- default to your flesh. And when I'm not prayed up, when I'm not read up, when I'm not in the presence of God, when all hell breaks loose, what do you think you're going to default to? Your flesh. And so you're going to become reactive rather than responsive. Prayer helps you to respond with the word rather than react to the flesh of whatever is presenting itself before you. When I'm prayed up, now I've got the word so alive inside of me. I'm so close to God that now, as I'm declaring kingdom of God come and will of God be done, I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not overwhelmed or distracted by what's going on in the natural because I know I'm so close to God by the Spirit, He's going to take care of things. He's going to handle those situations. He's going to see those things through. And so Jesus is saying, guys, fellas, listen, if there ever was anything of importance right now, pray with me, tarry with me, hang with me, be, be, be prayed up with me. Can you do this for a little while? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, to be sober, be vigilant, that our adversary, the devil, is roaming around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Be steadfast in faith. Resist and be steadfast, be steadfast in faith. Our adversary, the devil, he's roaming around like a lion. Now, he's not a lion because there's only one lion, and that's the lion of Judah, who is Jesus. And even isn't that interesting? He's roaming around like a lion. Oh, man, the devil wishes so much he could be like Jesus, and he never will. He never will. So what is he going to do? He's going to seek to go after those that know that they can be like Jesus which is you and me. And so the Bible says to be sober, to be vigilant, be alert, be awake, wake up, get out of that sleep, wake up, now's the time. Now's the time. Tell somebody, now's the time. And so it's important that now's the time that we are awake because the enemy, he's going after you. And here's the thing, he's not going to just run up on you and tackle you down. He's going to try and lull you back to sleep. You know, every night my wife and I, we take time and we, tra- we call it a transition. We transition our children down to sleep. So we divide and conquer. Either she'll take our son and I'll take our daughter or vice versa. 
And so there's a process of transition that goes down. And um, we'll, our daughter will read a story. And then after that, can you sing me a song, Daddy? And then after that, can you get me one more snack, Dad? And then after that, how about a vitamin? It's close to a snack. I need medicine. You're f- absolutely fine. <coughs> I, can I have cough medicine? Because it's like liquid sugar on a teaspoon. Can I have water, Dad? All these elements, just to get them to lull them down, down to sleep, they transition them down, da- down to sleep. Then I get her in bed. Can you sing again? Tell me you love me. I love you. Wait, tell me again, Daddy. I didn't hear you yet. You, oh, you heard me. You're the first time. Hug me. No, not this way, that way. Tuck me in. Okay. No, wait, now tuck me in this way. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's like the longest process. So we go through that whole thing, transitioning a little down to sleep. You don't think for a second. And here's the reality. She wants to stay awake. Our purpose should be to stay awake. But the enemy will come in and he'll try and lull you to sleep. Oh, let me tuck you in this way. Let me sing you this song. Let me entertain you with this thing. Let me feed you with that thing. Let me keep doing this. Let me keep doing this. Let me keep doing that. Let me keep doing this. Hopefully to get you down to a calm place where now you're no longer active. The enemy is roaming around like a lion. He's calculated. He's looking for those who are not on guard and not in position so he can take you out from your purpose and destiny. He does not want you to be victorious. He does not want you to walk in increase in blessing. He does not want you to think that when you came forward this morning to be prayed for that you're actually healed. He wants to deceive your mind and your heart and get you out of position. But when you are a people of prayer, you are awake, you are alert, you are active. You are ready. You are vigilant. You are ready to take the day. You're ready to slay the day away because you know that you are one with God. He says this in James chapter 4, verse 7. He says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He didn't say resist the devil and he will flee. He said submit to God first. And because... If you're not willing to submit to God, you can try and resist the devil all you want, but he's not going to flee. you got to draw close to God, and God said, I'll draw close to you. Resist the devil. Don't assist the devil. You assist the devil when you're not in a prayer life. You give him every open door and access to wreak havoc in hell in every area of your life when you don't allow yourself to be in position of prayer. But when I'm in a position of prayer because I drew close to God, I submit myself. The word submit, by the way, is to be obedient to God. When I obey God and I say no to the devil, he will run and he will flee because he said, I can't touch that Christian. I can't touch that believer. They're too close to God. They're too powerful. They got too much authority for me. Draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. And so as the disciples, they're they're in the garden He says, pray that you don't enter into temptation. Don't fall to your flesh. And it says that he was withdrawn a stone's throw, a short distance. A short distance. In other words, Jesus was here and about a stone's throw is where the the disciples were. I thought this was very interesting because where the disciples were, they were sleeping. And where Jesus was, he was praying. You're a stone's throw away from either sleeping or slaying. You're a short distance 
from either being active in the things of God or inactive in the things of God. But when we draw close to God, we close the gap and we find ourselves in a position just as Jesus was. And the Bible said this. He says, as he was praying, he says, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. In other words, was Jesus saying, what I really want is I don't want to have to go through this suffering that's about to come, you know, before me. He said, but nevertheless, not, not my will, but your will. He says, if it's your will, take this cup. Take this cup away from me. Take this cup away from me. Take this cup of adversity away. Think about this. Jesus took the cup of adversity so that you could have the cup of prosperity. Isn't that interesting? What he was willing to take on the cross was so that you could now have a life that's victorious and free and whole. And he's saying, Lord, in my flesh, it's so hard right now. And sometimes in your prayer life, in your flesh, it's so hard. It's so hard, but when you're willing to stay locked in and say, Lord, I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. I'm awake, Lord. I'm awake, God. I'm pursuing you, God. I'm in position, God. I'm not going to relent on this. I'm going to stay in pursuit. I'm going to stay after it. I'm not going to let go. The Bible says, nevertheless, not my will. Jesus said, not what I want, but what you want. Some of us need to change our prayers from what we want to what he wants. When you change from what you want to what he wants, his will. In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about kingdom of God come, will of God be done. What is the will of God? I'm excited to get into that thought with you. But, but for today, he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Now watch this. Verse 43, the angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. When you pray according to God's will, he begins to strengthen you. When you pray according to what you want, you will not be strengthened. Because what you're praying is out of your flesh and not out of faith in what he desires for your life. But when you line up according to his will, strength begins to be the result of your prayers that are going out and what he's releasing back into your life. And God strengthens his people when we're praying according to his will. Somebody say his will. And so what we find here is that Jesus, as he's praying according to his will, that the angel begins to strengthen him. And it says this, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Now, I just want to hang here for one, for one last second before we conclude this morning. Just trying to get your heart stirred up a little bit in this passage. It said that he prayed in agony. The word agony comes from the word agonia. Agonia means to wrestle. It means to, to literally fight, it, 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 it means to, to, to uh, quarrel. And there was this area back in the days when the gladiators would fight that they would call Aegon. Aegon was the arena where they would fight. And it was a fight, right, to whoever was last man standing. It was a fight to the finish. It was a fight to the, to, to, till someone was going to die and the last man was standing would be, would be the one that was victorious. So understand this. Jesus is in the garden praying. He is strengthened and he is praying the fight of his life. The fight of the will of God. The fight to see God move in this next moment of his life that the things that, that, that were desired by God to be accomplished would be accomplished. That God, not in my flesh, but in your will, I will see you accomplish this very thing. Why is that important? 
Because some of us, we come before God with just a little casual prayer, and when we don't see God move, we get upset and we say, well, God, how come you didn't answer my prayer? Some prayers require you to stay in position and to literally let it be a fight of pressing. That I'm not going to stop. That this is going to be the warfare that's at hand. Because remember, in this quarter right now of positioning and prayer and fasting, it's a time of spiritual warfare. And God is looking for prayer warriors that will step up and step into the fight and begin to declare heaven in this earth. That is willing to begin to say kingdom of God come and will of God be done. That's willing to take ownership for the kingdom. God is looking for people that are willing to fight with their prayers. And Jesus is in the garden and his prayer is one of agony, of groaning because he's wrestling and he's fighting and he's saying, God, nevertheless, your will be accomplished on this earth. Your fight in your prayer life should be, nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will be accomplished in my purpose. The dream that you've put on my heart, God, I'm not going to get off of this thing. God, the plan that you've put in my, in, my, in my heart, Lord, the business idea that you have given me, the ones that I'm praying for in my family that don't know you. The things that I need to see you moving. God, I'm not getting off of this thing. I'm going to fight. I'm going to declare it because I'm going to see it in the name of Jesus. On Wednesday night when we were praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, some people were ministered to 10 to 15 minutes. Why? Because we had to fight to press through the natural to get to the spiritual. And, and let me tell you, there were some individuals, after 10, 15 minutes, they got the power of the Holy Spirit. It hit them. They began to speak in tongues. Why? Because we fought for that. We wrestled for that. We gave ourselves to that. Because we knew on the other side of that, we would be stronger and more powerful. Jesus is in the garden, and he's saying, I'm not getting off this thing. Not my will, Lord. Your will be done. I can't afford to go to sleep. I can't afford to hit snooze. Lord, i got to wake up the wonders of the kingdom because I want to see the wonders in this earth. And so as he prayed, it says that the drops of sweat fell like blood to the ground, and he rose from prayer, and, his dis and, and he came to see his disciples, and he says, why do you sleep? I believe if the Lord is asking any question today, he's saying, church, why are you sleeping? Now is the time to get out of the sleep. Now is the time to stop sleeping, start submitting, and start seeing God move through your prayer life. Because prayer is powerful. Can you pull up one more verse for me this morning and I'm going to close with this today. I hope you're just getting something out of these few short moments as we're laying a foundation. Stirring your hearts up today. That when you leave from here, you'll leave with expectation. You'll, 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 you'll leave with a greater hunger. You'll leave with a, with a, with a desire to want to pursue the things of God. The Bible says this. This is great. Book of Luke 22, put verse 54 up for me really quick if you guys can. Verse 54 says this, after they came into the garden, Jesus was finished up praying, and they arrested him, and they prepared to lead him off to, the, to, to, to where the priests were. Verse 54 says this, 
having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Peter followed at a distance. Peter followed at a distance. God does not want you to be at a distance from him. The Bible said that they were a stone's throw away. They were at a distance, and all that he asked them to do was pray. But because they were sleeping, they maintained, Peter maintained, being at a distance from Jesus. Everything prior to this, G Peter was by Jesus' side. Go all throughout the Bible. Peter was always next to Jesus as long as Jesus was bringing him into that, into that, that, that either that intimate place or in that ministry Peter was never separated from Jesus except for when Jesus sent him to do the work of the ministry or when Jesus got alone to pray. Peter was right by his side. And in this scripture, this line of text, it says that he was at a distance. In a moment, because he desired to sleep versus slang, he was separated from the things of God. Here's what happens when you don't prioritize your prayer life. You'll be at a distance from God, and when you're at a distance from God, three things will happen. Three things will happen when I don't prioritize a prayer life to get close to God, and I'm at a distance from God. Number one, I'll desert God, because that's what the disciples did. They fell to the temptation of their flesh, and the Bible says that they deserted, according to the book of Matthew. They all fled. When, when they came in with the soldiers to arrest Jesus, they all fled. They said, we out. Because when it gets hard, and it gets difficult, and I'm not locked into the things of God, and I'm not built up in my spiritual, my, in my spiritual walk with the Lord, and it gets hard. And that's what happens is there's a lot of people, because you have not built up who you are in Christ, when it gets hard, you stop coming to church. You start being, you start, stop, stop being a part of what God's doing, and you find yourself at a distance. And you start complaining, and you get upset, and you're wondering, God, where are you? And God is saying, where are you? Get back to me. The disciples, they deserted Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. And anytime you desert the Lord, deny the Lord, you detain what he can do. He can't move in your life. And there's many of us, because we haven't prioritized a life of prayer and fasting and getting close to the Lord, we're far from him. And when it gets hard, we deny him. We say, well, there's nothing to that. There ain't nothing to that. He wasn't there. No, you weren't there. And then you detain his presence, his power, his ability to do what he wants to do in your life. But watch this. When I prioritize prayer, these three things happen. I draw close to God. I start declaring the things of God. And I start dominating in the things of God. My prayer life will allow me to draw close to God, declare the things of God, and dominate in the things of God. God wants his church to dominate this earth. God wants his church to expand over this earth. God wants his church to be stronger, to be healthier, to be holier, to, 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 to be filled with his presence. God wants his church to dominate. God, want, God wants to move greater this year. But it's going to start when you're willing to wake up, pray, and stay in that position 
So you get to decide today, am I going to sleep or am I going to slay? Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.